Hi everybody, it's Don Wilson, and welcome to the premiere episode of Don Wilson's Hollywood Beat. Jeez, it's been a long time since I've been on the air, and I got a lot to talk about. I've got a lot of vintage interviews that I've done over the years, and I can't wait to be able to share them with you because, sadly, a lot of them have just been gathering dust on the shelf. So it's time to dust them off and bring back some great people, some of which have passed on, but their words live on just like their memory. And I'll be bringing some of these interviews to you, such as Tony Curtis and Jeannie Carmen, and in the Elvis world, Red West, Sonny West, J.D. Sumner, Charlie Hodge, George Klein, Richard Davis, Joe Esposito, Sam Phillips, and the list just keeps keeps going on and on. It's just amazing uh, how many interviews that I've done over the years and how many wonderful friends that I've made. So I hope that you will hang with me and follow me right here on Don Wilson's Hollywood Beat. And let's get the show on the road with some news. In home video news, the new Quentin Tarantino film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, will be released on October 1st, and um, they're taking orders right now. You can pre-order it on Amazon.com. I pre-ordered mine, and um, I like the film. Um, I'm hoping that there will be more footage on this release that wasn't in uh, the theatrical release. You never know what Mr. Tarantino is going to do. But um, I had met or knew um, a few of the people that were depicted in the film. And um, all I can say is, without giving anything away, I'm pretty pleased with the film. I mean, with any film, you know, there can come some criticism, but I think that that's really up to the individual viewer, so I'm not going to comment or dwell on that right now. But if you want the film and um, you haven't seen it, which I know there's some people out there that haven't seen it, and in fact, one of the uh, people that were depicted in in the film have not seen it, and they were waiting for uh, the home video release, I just might pick up a copy for this person. And um, I think that um, if you like old Hollywood. It's really a homage to that time. I had come to Los Angeles uh, in 1966 uh, with my father, and I lived with him uh, some of the time here, or should I say there, and in 1967, but um, I never returned to Hollywood until many years later. I've read you know, things about me that uh, I was supposedly there in 1969, I was not. There was one thing that said that uh, I was a Boy Scout in Los Angeles during that time, which is utterly ridiculous. I never was a Boy Scout. 
nothing wrong with the Boy Scouts. I wished I had, <laughs> actually, but I, um, I never became a Boy Scout. It's just amazing what you can hear and, and you can see if you get somewhat in the limelight what people will uh, make up about you. But here on this program, there's not going to be anything made up. I check out my facts before I present them. So uh, most in most cases, it comes right from the horse's mouth. <laughs> and um, I have had the great fortune to interview quite a few greats, I'm telling you, in, in the music business, like Glenn Campbell and Billy Swan and Johnny Cash and um, Billy Lee Riley. I'm just naming uh, people as they come off the top of my head. Um, and in um, the entertainment business, <laughs> I just, I can't even, I don't even know where to start. So over this series of programs, I'm pulling out a lot of memories and a lot of these individuals still are in uh, the hearts of many people and I think that they will continue uh, to be also I mean we're not going to just dwell on the past we're going to um, be in the present and in the future so I have a few things up my sleeve so I hope you enjoy it and as Elvis would say I hope you get a kick out of watching it I got to tell you, I love Marilyn Monroe. In fact, she was the very first female star that uh, I really had a crush on, and I never got over it. I was only one when she passed away. I never imagined that I would get to know some of her friends in later years, but I did, and I interviewed some of them. Uh, Tony Curtis, Jeannie Carmen, Jane Russell, Donald O'Connor, Mickey Song, Mickey Rooney. Well, I'm just going to pull out those archives and in upcoming shows, I'm going to share some of them with you and I hope that you enjoy it. And really, we might touch on it on this show, but I'm not going to dwell on all the controversies because you see that left and right. We're just going to talk about Marilyn. As Jack Webb would say, the facts, just the facts. Here is an excerpt of an interview that I did with Tony Curtis in Hollywood. My friend George Klein in George, Memphis, George Klein in Memphis was Elvis's best friend. Yes. And he and Elvis used to go to the Jewish Community Center together because you know Elvis is Jewish on his mother's side. Yeah. And he said that he ran into a guy named Paul Schwartz. That said I he know could, Paul Schwartz. Did you know him? Yeah. Back Paul Schwartz the was a, uh, a counselor at a camp. I went. He had one short leg. Paul Schwartz. He was a counselor, and uh, uh, I only remember him, you know, and we had the same name. 
he was a wonderful man, helped me out a lot. I was such a bum kid at that time, but you know, he was so considerate and friendly with me, and we weren't related. Paul Schwartz was his name. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. Because he's been wondering for 40 years. Well, <laughs> tell him to put it at ease. You I asked Tony Curtis uh, his impressions on Elvis. Uh, he was a fine man. I liked him very much. I always, I always, I always uh, liked him. We were good. We were good. We didn't know each other that well, but we were excellent friends. My Elvis. When I met him, he kept calling me Mr. Curtis. I said, "Please don't call me Tony." And I said, "What can I call you?" He said, "Mr. Presley." <laughs> This next excerpt has been personal, and um, one of my friends has been Stella Stevens. And when my son was just a few years old, I believe he turned four, um, I got on the phone with Stella, and um, she wanted to give him some birthday greetings. And uh, I'm sure he's going to be listening to this show, so. This might be a nice little personal uh, memento for him to uh, look back on. Stella Stevens. Today, Donnie's birthday? It sure is. Oh, Where is he? Donnie's just waiting over here with bated breath. Okay. <laughs> We'd love to speak to him. Okay. All right. Donnie, it's Stella. Say hi, Stella. Hi, Stella. Hello, Johnny. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Johnny. Happy birthday to you and many more. I say thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I love you. I love you. I love you too, darling. You have a very merry birthday and, and a wonderful year. I hope to see you soon. I see you soon. Yes, I hope to see you soon too. You have fun today. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. I love you very much. <laughs> this next excerpt is with me and George Klein, one of Elvis's close friends, and he's talking about appearing in the film Finding Graceland with Harvey Keitel and Bridget Fonda. Did you see me in uh, Finding Graceland? No, but a friend of mine taped it, and, and you're getting the uh, pristine copy. And okay. We're gonna... uh, what you'll see me, Don, is uh, we're shooting craps. Uh-huh. The movie is kind of... Uh, you'll probably like it. And I kind of like it. I don't know if the general public will understand it. Basically, the story... I think I told you, Don L. Basically, the story is uh, Harvey could tell puts on this charade that he's Elvis. Uh-huh. And he comes to Memphis, and he, this kid gives him a ride, and he tells everybody he's Elvis. And, he, and, when, and this guy starts answer, asking him some questions. Well, of course, it's answers that anybody could have memorized. He said, well, if you're Elvis, he picks up this little booklet, and you've seen the booklet, and I've seen it before. It's, they sell them to bookshops. It's personal facts about Elvis. Yeah. He said, well, if you're Elvis, uh, 
What, what was your Army serial number? And he answered, well, US 533761. And he said, well, if you're Elvis, he said, uh, he asked him about four or five questions, and Harvey Cadell had the correct answers. Uh-huh. He answered, well, you could have memorized that or something. But, and so Harvey says, hey, man, you asked me, I told you. So anyway, he tries to pull off this charade, but he tries to do it in a nice way. It's not a mean way, or it's not a crooked way. It's, and then toward the end, you understand, I think his parents got killed in a plane crash about the same time Elvis died. And he puts on this persona that he's Elvis, and he goes in restaurants, and he, he, he's a drifter is what he is. And he tells his waitresses, well, I'm Elvis, yeah, I'm 60 years old. And he kisses the waitresses, and they, they like it. And, and then he gets to Memphis, and he goes to Tunica, and... But at the end, he kind of, you, you read between lines, and he says, well, I really wasn't Elvis, but it was fun trying to help people, and, and I never hurt anybody by doing it, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of got a nice ending. When I lived in Memphis, which was a long, long time, I was so thrilled and blessed to know so many great performers, just people in general in Memphis, because I always have loved Memphis, Tennessee. But one of those that I'll never forget is Rufus Thomas. Rufus who was on WDIA, he was on Sun Records. He was, you can't put into just a few words what Rufus Thomas was and remains to this day. I miss him. And he was always there if I needed him. And one night I was with Rufus at Alfred's and on Beale Street, and I said, Rufus, I need you to come down uh, and do my show, if you would. (laughs) He said, of course I would. And so here's a random clip from one of my shows. Eventually, I think I want to share these shows with you if there's a, a great demand for it. Otherwise, we'll just listen to this excerpt from the great Rufus Thomas. I got Rufus in the studio, man. We're having a ball right here. Rufus, what are you doing now, and what uh, uh, music have you come, have coming out here lately? Well, I, I'm still working. You know, I have a few jobs. I don't really want to work a whole lot. I can't do tours or anything like that anymore. Uh, uh, I don't want to do tours, long tours. I, my body can't handle all of that now. I'm the oldest, world's oldest teenager, uh, but hey. You know, an old green man ain't what he used to be. <laughs> well, you can you can fool everybody by your uh, outward appearance, I'll tell you for sure. Because... Uh, yeah, but uh, if something comes up that uh, I deem worthwhile, I'll, I'll tackle it. Like I've gotten a call from Russia wanting me to come over there during, during the uh, summer of next year. But every year uh, we play uh, Italy because they've named a park for me over there in Italy. So we play that park every year. That's in, uh, I should know where it is, shouldn't I? <laughs> but I? I'll think of it in a minute and then I'll come back and tell you. Okay. But uh, we look for that. We do the Heritage Festival here and then we go to Italy 
and maybe this year I'll leave Italy and go on to Russia because it's, it'll be around the 1st of August. That uh, excerpt is from October 21st, 1995, the great Rufus Thomas. There's just so much material here. I'm just um, sharing what I can, you know, as I go along and go through my archives, and I hope that you uh, enjoy it. Well, as you can tell, I'm just kind of feeling my way around for the first show. I've not been on the airwaves with my own show since um, December 1995, although I've done other guest appearances on shows um, for Paul Graham in Canada, the TCB Radio Network, Krista Joy and Peter Alden, uh, the Cindy Cochran Show, just to name a few. Um, and I appeared on George Klein's uh, uh, radio show as well. But um, it's, uh, it's good to get my feet wet back again with uh, being on the air. And this next clip is one that I haven't uh, played on the air. It hasn't been on the air since 1995, so I hope that uh, you will enjoy it. One of my favorite people is Glenn Campbell. A lot of times, you know, people would say that in past tense, unfortunately, Glenn is no longer with us in person, but he left a great body of work and the memories. Even if you never met Glenn, you have the memories. And I have memories of him telling not some of the best jokes in the world, but Whenever he told them, they were funny. <laughs> he was always loving to tell a good joke, or a bad joke, but it was always fun with Glenn. Well, anyway, Glenn never let me down when I needed him, and he appeared on my radio show, and he also did a video interview with me when I needed him for the Definitive Elvis series that I did. And we talked about Elvis, and of course we talked about his celebrated career. Here is an excerpt of my interview with Glenn in 1995 when he's talking about the cancellation of the Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour when he was on CBS. Uh, well, when you had the Good Time Hour, that was fantastic. It was a great showcase. And I remember that um, Johnny Cash, Buck Owens, and Merle Haggard were all on your show one time. But CBS didn't seem to be too happy because they said it was too country, right? CBS was having an image problem, I guess. You know, they didn't want the Hicks on because it was Paley. Uh, when I went off, he was the president of CBS during that time. He'd fired the Smothers Brothers. And he wanted, I guess he just, and that was part of it also. But I remember a guy named Wood. What was his name, Roger? Wood. Bob Wood. Bob Wood was the head of programming for CBS nationally. And they said, Glenn, you got to cut down the, you know, the country acts. The show went in the tank after that. I was singing with Barbara Feldman, uh, Fess Parker people who don't sing, but they're great actors and actresses and they do what they do, but they wanted that kind of people on the show to sing. And I just said, I'm sorry, man. And one week, just out of spite, I booked uh, Merle, Johnny Cash, Jerry Reed, 
<laughs> Buck Owens, Ann Murray was on the show. I mean, it, it, it is the best, probably the best show we did on the Good Time Hour. And it was number, it was number one that week in the ratings. That didn't make any difference, you know. They had this thing, how they wanted, what they wanted to be seen on network. And that's really why. So instead of putting me on for three hundred thousand, I think it would have cost a week. They got Sonny and Cher for one hundred forty thousand. So they put them on. Is anyone watching the Ken Burns documentary? country music on PBS. It's an excellent series. And if you haven't, I highly recommend it. Do you have a favorite country artist? I want you to contact me and tell me who and why, if you will. And maybe we'll do a program on your favorite artist. Just let me know and spread the word about my show. And um, we'll have fun together. That's for sure. Hi, this is Jennifer Flowers. Guess what I'm doing? I'm listening to Don Wilson's Hollywood Beat. Oh, I love it. Hey, listen in. Three fourteen p.m. Don, this is Casey calling. Will you give me a buzz? Uh, tell me what this song is. Listen. The Elvis song. Um, you'll know. You'll, I, I've been trying to think of this for, for, for four days. And no, every time I do it for somebody, they can't remember what it is, but they remember the, the, the melody. Would you let me know what that is? The number is three. I know you would know what it is. Talk to you later. Bye. I'm looking to... Uh Put a lot of personal touches on my show and um, here's one from my friend George Klein who was um, a Memphis disc jockey and then um, he became a personality on Sirius Radio and uh, many people would listen to him on Elvis Radio and um, he was Elvis's high school buddy uh, he was a pallbearer at Elvis's funeral and he was one of my best friends and um, a lot of times GK would say, put this down, Donnell, which is what he called me. And uh, he wanted me to record different things because he said, you never know, later you might need them. Well, this one's just uh, a message that he left me because he was going to give me some of his personal shirts. How's it been going, Colonel? Busy. Mm-hmm. I got a, <clears throat> uh, I got a few shirts, old shirts I want to give to you. Uh-huh. A couple of them have Elvis's name on the front. A couple of them I think maybe have some, some by me. I was, <clears throat> they're too small for me. Mm-hmm. You can either just store them away for keepsake, or you can use them whatever you want. Well, of course I, you know, if I couldn't wear them, I'd still keep them, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna put them in a bag, and next time you're coming to Alfred's, uh-huh, let me know and I'll give them to you. Yeah, okay, we're planning to come down there this next week. Hi, it's Mindy Miller. Look for me and other celebrities on Don Wilson's Hollywood Beat. 
Thank you for listening. I hope you will join me next time on Don Wilson's Hollywood Beat. Remember, I can be heard on Anchor, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Breaker, Google, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Please check out my website at www.donwilsonshollywoodbeat.com and join me here next time. Remember, keep rocking and don't tip over.